If you're here, it's because you want to think seriously about your own formation as a kingdom leader. I'm Kevin Minoy, and I invite you to participate in the diverse community of Christian leaders, both anchored and reaching in the work of God. Hang on while we push deep into the crevices of leadership formation, whether as a pastor, educator, organizational leader, or business person. Let's go. Identity is perhaps the most important subject that we could talk about in these changing days. Culture and circumstances are changing all around us. We're moving into a pluralistic environment globally, nationally, regionally, and likely you've seen telltale signs of that shift in your own community. So the question of identity becomes of paramount importance because in identifying who we truly are, we are able to anchor ourselves to an identity that remains secure and changeless throughout the changes of culture around us. And that's particularly important for Christian churches, Christian institutions, and Christian leaders. And that's you. Knowing who we are is the best way to create a foundation for navigating the circumstantial, contextual changes that are going on all around you. So I'm really glad that you're taking time to invest yourself a little bit with this mini-series of courses on the question of identity. We're going to be talking about personal identity, ministry identity, identity in crisis, and identity in mission. We're going to be talking about principles that I hope will help you get some handholds as you navigate the question of leadership, whether you're a business leader, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an assistant pastor, or a leader in an academic institution or any other Christian organization. My hope is that as you dial into the question of identity, it will help you become a deeper, stronger, more effective leader for the kingdom of God in this world. We have four sessions. After each one, I'm going to be asking you to do a little homework. Hope you don't mind a little homework. I can assure you that we'll not be grading you on that, but hopefully you'll take it seriously. You can do it in the privacy of your own home, or if you're using this in a small group, you can get your group to participate in some of these assignments that will help you go deeper in each of these four areas that we'll be discussing. So let's begin in talking a little bit about personal identity. As I read through scripture, I find that shot throughout the Bible, there are places where we read about what I like to call the duality of personhood. Now, duality of personhood is not the philosophic idea that you learned in Philosophy 101 when you were in college or university. I'm talking about a very simple principle that helps us to understand that who we are is not defined by what we do. There is and a core identity that answers the question, who am I? And then there is the activity or the mission of what we do. One of the best places I like to go to identify that duality, really, is in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who belong to God, so that you can make known the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, the first part of 1 Peter 2.9 has to do with who you are. You can take that to the bank. Nobody can take that away from you. That's your core identity. 
The second part of 1 Peter 2.9 has to do with your task, your mission, your performance, or what you do. Now, those two things are inextricably connected one with the other. You see, we do what we do out of an abundance of who we are. And who we are will naturally overflow into what we do. Those two things are two sides of the same coin, and you can't separate those. If you take that principle and apply it to your own life, you see, who you are will naturally flow into the behaviors, the activities, the motivations, the agendas that drive you from day to day in your activity. Who you are gives rise to what you do. And what you do becomes a free re reflection of who you are. In other words, we can look at someone's behavior. We can watch someone's performance as an executive leader, as a pastor, or as an institutional leader. And we can begin to draw some conclusions about the nature of their character, their identity, the core of their being. Even if we can't see it, we see the natural outflow of it. In helping to understand this a little bit more, I want to draw a, a mental picture for you. And I write about this in a book called The Integrity Factor that you can, you can get on Amazon anywhere, anytime, if you'd like to unpack this. But, but let me see if I can draw this picture for you as you're thinking through this question of personal identity in the duality of personhood that Scripture calls us to. If I could have you draw in your mind's eye, or maybe you've got a piece of paper on your desk, take your pen and draw a triangle, just a simple triangle. And then about one third down from the top in that triangle, draw a little wavy line across, across the, 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 the triangle. That you, now it becomes not a triangle, but it becomes an iceberg. So now you see where we're going. Imagine this iceberg. One-tenth of that iceberg is above the waterline. Now, I don't know if that's a scientific fact, but icebergologists tend to tell me that obviously a majority of the iceberg is beneath the waterline. And they tell me that a tenth of it is above, which leaves nine-tenths of it beneath the waterline. What's below the waterline can't be seen. And yet, what's below the waterline is much larger than what is in the visible arena above the waterline. Obviously, the Titanic discovered that that was a true statement when they ran into the bottom of the iceberg that was unseen to the pilots. What you see when you look at a person is one-tenth of who they are. Now, imagine this iceberg where one-tenth of it is above the waterline, nine-tenths of it is beneath the waterline, and imagine that that is you. The top part, the visible part, the top of the iceberg is in the visible arena. Other people can see that. Nine-tenths of that iceberg is in the unseen realm. It's beneath the waterline where people can't really see what's there. However, the iceberg is comprised of both dimensions. You're not going to have an iceberg that does not have a bottom of the iceberg. There's the principle of physics that, that, that defines that this mass must exist in order to provide the buoyancy, the flotation, the stability for the top of the iceberg. Imagine that that iceberg is you. Now, 
not because it's cold and hard. I don't mean to imply that that people are cold and hard. What I mean to say is that there is a dimension of your life that is above the waterline. That's your activity. And there's a dimension of your life that is beneath the waterline. That's your nature, your identity, you see. Top of the iceberg represents your performance. Bottom of the iceberg represents your nature. Top of the iceberg represents your task. Bottom of the iceberg represents your character. Top of the iceberg represents your mission. Bottom of the iceberg represents your identity. Top of the iceberg answers the question, what am I here to do? Bottom of the iceberg represents the question or answers the question, who am I? You see, who am I will naturally give rise to what I do. The bottom of the iceberg is what holds the top up. It's what keeps the top above the waterline. It's what gives the top of the iceberg stability so that when storms come along, it provides buoyancy. It anchors the top of that iceberg. Imagine your involvement with other people. When you engage with other people as a leader, when you make decisions, when you speak publicly, when you build on relationships, all of that is top of the iceberg activity. We relate to people principally out of the activities of what we do. But those activities are deeply formed by what's beneath the waterline that most people cannot even see. You see, who you are gives rise to what you do. If you were drawing an arrow on the iceberg on the paper that you've drawn it on, then you would draw an arrow starting in the bottom of the iceberg, coming up through the top and out, engaging other people. You see, who we are always flows into what we do. And what we do becomes a reflection of who we are. You can't separate the two dimensions of that iceberg. Now, here's what's really important about that. The center of gravity for a well-formed iceberg is way down in the bottom of that iceberg, the center of mass. I'm told that it's a third up from the bottom. If you take your drawing and of your iceberg and you put a giant dot in the center of gravity of the iceberg that's well-formed, it's gonna be down in the bottom down in the place that people can't see. Now, when storms come along on the North Atlantic with 40-foot waves and 80-mile-an-hour winds and hail and sleet is hammering that iceberg, it's going to be stormy up here where all of the activities are occurring. But when you drop down to the center of gravity in that iceberg, two or 300 feet down below the waterline, it's quiet, it's peaceful, it's confident. You see, your leadership is held stable in all of the storms of your life when your center of gravity is low beneath the waterline, anchored deeply in who you are, not what you do. You see, what we do is not synonymous with who we are. That's where that duality comes in. Now, if I could, 
and I know I can't, so please don't uh, humor me here, because I know that that from a physics standpoint, from a, from the laws of, of, of physics, we can't do this. But if we could change the shape of this iceberg from making it a triangle with most of it beneath the water, if I could change that into a square, you see, and it were floating on the iceberg, the center of gravity would move from the lower part right up to the waterline. Now that one's not quite as stable as the, as the well-formed iceberg. You see, 10-foot waves and 15-mile-an-hour winds might come along and it might start rolling in the water. Or if I could even go farther, if I could invert that iceberg, keeping only one-tenth beneath the waterline and the 90 above, I know it's impossible, but in your mind's eye, the analogy makes the point. If we could invert that iceberg, now all of a sudden the center of gravity is way up at the top, above the waterline. That iceberg is very, very unstable. It's not going to take much of the circumstances on the top of the water. It's not going to take much of a wind. It's not going to take much of a wave for that iceberg to come crashing over. When the center of gravity in your iceberg is high, when the center of gravity of your life is defined by the activity of what you do, you have fallen prey to what I call performance-based identity. What I mean by that is that suddenly you are defining who you are by what you do. It's answering a bottom-of-the-iceberg question with a top-of-the-iceberg answer. Here's how that sounds. Someone asks you, who are you? And you say, I'm a teacher. Who are you? I'm a computer engineer. Who are you? I'm a videographer. Who are you? I'm a pastor. Who are you? I'm a college president. Who are you? I'm a CFO. You see, bottom-of-the-iceberg question, top-of-the-iceberg answer. Those aren't a definition of who you are. They are telling people what you do. But who you are is much more fundamental than that. You see, the bottom of your iceberg is defined by the inner currents of your soul in proximity with God through Jesus Christ, anchored deeply. Now, I know that it's very tempting in this 21st century global culture to answer the identity question with a top of the iceberg answer, defining our position, defining what we do, defining our activities. May I encourage you to think deeply about the question of your identity in the bottom of the iceberg, not defined by your performance, your activity, or your position. God has called you to be someone in the hidden secret places of your soul in relationship to God through the Spirit, and that gives rise to your activity. Don't fall prey to performance-based identity. It's the greatest trap of leadership that I know. Now, very briefly, now that you get the principle of the iceberg, what I'd like you to do as an assignment going from this is to find some time to reflect privately, pray personally, do some introspection, then take a piece of paper and draw the shape of your iceberg. 
It may have a hole in the middle of it. It may have some jagged edges that have been chipped away, you see. Uh, it may be a, a, a different shape beneath than it is above. Take some time and reflect on this principle and draw your life as an iceberg. What does it look like? And where is God calling you in your personal identity? Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you to be.